Peace and blessings. My name is G, and I wanted to thank all our contributors, staff, guests, and listeners. Everyone, welcome to The Black Vibrations, the podcast for the people, by the people. <laughs> we are here for good vibes, convos, and last but not least, to promote black excellence. everybody welcome back <laughs> so today I just wanted to go ahead and just dive into what we're going to be doing and talking about um, I, there's a special guest that I have today um, he's a really good friend of mine he is an artist a former athlete as well as an activist so everybody just go ahead and give it up for my guy Garrison aka Paint Camp Poppy and how y'all doing <laughs> hold on wait a minute, minute y'all minute. thought I was finished oh. when I bought a Hey, Garrison. Hey, can't complain. Everything's shaking and moving, so we here. We that's here. Good. Yes, that's so good. Garrison, like that, that's, that's, one of, that's one of my go-to. That's one of your go-tos. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, so Garrison, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, I, it's, I know it's very strange how we actually met, but. Um, you know, we were at actually at a concert, um, mm-hmm. and I didn't know anything about like who you were or anything like that. You were just like the dude making sure everybody was straight, you know, in in the crowd, like the off duty bodyguard type. So I was just like, <laughs> "Wow, okay, so he's cool." And then I don't remember it was another girl there, and she was like, "Hey, we should all follow each other on social media." Mm-hmm. And I followed you. You followed me. We follow her. We follow my home girl. And it was just cool, but you know we enjoyed the concert. But I'm pretty sure, like after that, we didn't we didn't see each other anymore. So then I did go on your page maybe a couple of days after that. I was like, oh, he he's an artist. I was like, oh, okay, like this is nice, like <laughs> like real nice with it. So that was just wild to me because I had I had no absolute clue that you did any type of art. So so tell me a little bit about that, like. Tell me about you. Um, Tell me about the art. You know, I be trying to do a little something, something, just a little. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you know, it's funny. I was actually watching the footage from that concert the other day. Like, dang, that was like the last concert before everything shut down. Like, it's crazy. But um, as far as me with the art stuff, uh, I've been doing it in some capacity my whole life. I've always been able to draw, you know, color and different stuff like that. Um. I don't know where I get it from because my mom or dad, neither one of them did any type of art, but me and my little brother, we both have the little art bug, I guess. And that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I've always done it in some capacity. I never really took any classes for it. Like outside of the, you know, elementary, middle school, they make you take art class. I think ninth grade, they make you, they require you to take it that first year. And then after that, I had my teacher tell me which like obviously hindsight 2020 I should have stuck with it but you know she was like oh you're really good you need to keep staying with the program and I was like I'm gonna go over here and play football and then you know I'm gonna go do this digital art stuff I want to make t-shirts because you know we all wanted to make t-shirts back then so I was on that type of time and then when I got to college I actually uh went to school for graphic design but because I was playing football the schedules were clashing and then it it was kind of like a gift and a curse, it was like the schedules were clashing, but I also didn't get into the higher up program of the graphic design school at USC. So it worked out and I switched my major to art studio and design and uh, cognitive art education. But it's like, it's dope because I still have my whole graphic design. I got that whole bag over there if I wanted to get into it. But yeah, that's kind of um, the journey leading up to where we are now, I guess. Wow, that's crazy. Like <laughs> we, we met at the concert. I didn't know that you did art, and I definitely didn't even know you were like a D1 athlete, like at all. I was like, what? 
I was like, he done did all of this. And you were just that, you know what I'm saying? That, that chill guy making sure the crowd was secure. Like, no, you know and how it is. Like, y'all was, was, was my little, y'all was my homies that night. Cause it's like, I came to the concert by myself. Cause you know, I ain't have too many friends who was trying to go to the Wale concert. So I was like, whatever, I'm going. So I pulled up, I got there hella early to get a good spot. I go in, I met the one girl who was there. And I think her friend, somebody's friend, mom was working the bar. So she was getting us drinks. So I'm like, okay, I'm feeling good. I got y'all cool. And then y'all walked up and I was like, all right, so this is going to be my little crew and we going to hold down this spot and we not moving. When did somebody leave? Then I'm going I'm to stretch out. And this, so that it was just like a, a real organic vibe meeting y'all. It was, it was just chill vibes. Like, I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't write that type of, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, interaction, I guess. Like just how we met and just how that whole situation happened. But yeah, it was, that was a dope-ass night all in all. Yeah, for sure. So actually, my homegirl had the mom working at the bar with the drink. That was your, that was yeah, your yeah. Oh, yeah. So she was the one getting everybody lit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember I was in, I was, I was, I, y'all went and got drinks and brought me something back. And y'all went back again. I remember texting my homeboy like, yo, I met these cool-ass chicks in here. They about to have me drunk, though. I can't. I was like, every time I turn around, they're like, oh, you babysitting your drink? I was like, <laughs> that was just a good ass night that was a good ass night it was it definitely was for sure i i very much enjoyed myself um so so garrison just tell me a little bit about um you know the student athlete type thing i i'm very curious i went to a d3 school personally so you know i've been to some d1 homecomings mm -hmm. i know they lit i've definitely had some good vibes and good times out where i've been i had you know good vibes sometimes at my own you know athletic events but what's it like being a d1 athlete and also just give me a little bit more about like that experience with the school too on top of it yeah it's uh it's it's crazy because like coming out of high school like uh i grew up in rock hill and like my high school we were really good in football you know we won a state championship my senior year and all that good stuff so coming out of high school i was playing offensive line but realistically i wanted to be a fullback or a running back so I didn't have any like big time offers or anything. Like I had some small like D3 schools that are like, hey, you know, we like your size. We know what you want to play. You could potentially come here and play for us. And then, but I was always the type like, I'm not going to go to a school that I don't really care to be at just to play football. I'd rather just go be a student somewhere. So that's how I landed at USC. I wasn't going to play football. I was just going to be a regular Schmegler student. So I did that for a year and a half. And then my sophomore year, is when I actually walked onto the football team. So I got to see like both sides of it. I experienced everything as a student and I got to see the athlete side of it too. So I kind of have that duality of the whole situation, but it was, uh, it was cool. Like just kind of, I guess, going from one extreme to the other and seeing it from both sides, which it was crazy. Cause it's like being a normal student those for that first year and a half and then becoming a football player, it was like a weird, like, like I said, a weird duality. Cause you know, I got all these friends that, I've already made either people I've known from back home or that I've just met over this first year and a half that I'm not about to switch up on because now that I play football, but now I got my new teammates and, you know, some of them I really rock with. They cool. So it was like, it was crazy. And then the whole time I was playing football, I was working at the school gym. So it was like, yeah, I'm at football. I'm at the games. You see me at the games on Saturday, but you pull up to the gym. It's like, oh, snap, he worked behind the counter at the gym. He be helping me. He came in spot. So it was, it was crazy because it's like, I was still like, I was a student athlete, but I was still very much like, like you, I feel like people always have this sense that you don't see the student athletes, like they just out of reach, but it was like, that's not always true. Cause here my ass was, I'm at the gym, you can catch me in the, ca the cafeteria, I'm always eating. I'm probably somewhere walking around, like you would always see me. So it was cool to just be able to have that duality of like, I didn't come in and just stay as one particular. I did both of them, so I could, I kind of got the experience college from both sides of it. That's good. Like, you you kept it real. You know what I'm saying? Like, you stayed true to yourself. And being a walk-on, like, that's a hell of a story. You like, you know, I, I walked on. You know, like. That shit was so random. So tell me about a little bit how it happened. Like, I'm dying to know. So and, yeah. What, how did it happen? Um. So, like, the whole way I ended up making the team was like, it was crazy. So, you know, you go through the paperwork and all that stuff. You do the trial. We get to the tryout and it goes in two stages. So the first trial, you know, it's a bunch of different tests that they put you through. 
but it rained that day. So we literally only got to do like outside, we got to do our like 40 yard dash and like our shuttle or something like that. And so it started raining. So they took us in the weight room and they was like, all right, well, if you're under 200 pounds, go to that bench, you're going to rep 185. If you're over 200 pounds, you're going to do a 225 rep out. And I was like, oh, this, this is my bad. Like this, I used to do, because I used to do like uh, competitive power lifting. So I was like, I can lift weights. Like I got national records and stuff like this. Like, oh, y'all want me to bench press? It's like, say less. So I get under the bench. Like I'm like one of the last people to go. So I'm benching. I start off as like, all right, well, we can't do that. Might as well make the most of this. So I started going. I'm just like, right, I'm repping it out, repping it out. You got they got the little counter. And then I get to like 15. And it's like, oh shit, like I'm still going. And like it was weird. So I got to 15. It's like the music, they had music in the gym. It's like they cut the music. And all I could hear to do is count. And then I got to like 20. And then it was like 21, 22, 20. I hit like 28, 29 reps or some crazy shit like that. And they was just like, oh wow, okay. So you strong. And then that that's kind of pretty much when I knew I made a team because they was also like shocked that somebody just like a walk-on came in and did 28 29 reps with 225 you got nfl players that don't do that so it's like oh shit okay this kid is strong and then from there they put me through to the second workout i went in there and that was just all like basic just running routes and catching i know i can do that stuff so yeah after that made the team and the rest is history but yeah, that shit was so random how that happened. Like, I guess everything like lined up perfectly for me that we ended up doing that. Cause who knows if I would have made it if I never went in there and bench press. So, yeah. <laughs> that's what's up. Yeah. Like, that's what's up. Like, you really you earned that bag though. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. you still earned it, and it was it's what it was needed. You know, they needed that. They were impressed. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have like any memorable like team moments or anything like that while you were there? Any 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 funny thing happen? Anything go down? Um I know like my most memorable moment probably would be the first game that I started, which was that first year I made the team because I had no expectations of playing that year. I was red shirted, but then a couple guys in front of me got injured and I actually ended up um starting in our bowl game in Orlando that year so that was pretty cool because it was like I went from not even going to play at all to walking on and making the team to starting in a bowl game which I was like that journey in itself was crazy but as far as just like memories though the locker room just teammate just being around the teammates because you know you're around these guys you got 24 hours in a day during the normal school year like outside of class you probably with these guys anywhere between four and six hours out of your day. And then like camp season in the summer when there's nobody else on campus, you would, you come in at like eight in the morning and leave at like five, six at night. So you with these dudes all day. So just like the locker room jokes and just all the different stories and just stuff like that. That's the stuff that you miss the most really. So I'm trying, I don't think it was anything that was just ever that just jumped out. That was super memorable, but it's just being around the teammates in general and stuff like that good that's good do you have anybody you want to shout out or you you have anybody that you want to you know give some props to while you were there or anything like that oh oh from the team yeah. uh shoot i got a couple of homies i still i still rock with heavy my boy matt harvey my boy mike davis who actually uh plays for the carolina panthers right now he's our running back which me and that dude man that we used to we would go to class hit the cafeteria leave the cafeteria okay we got two hours till, till meetings all right, we on the Xbox playing. I think what was out at the time? Destiny. So we would play that for two hours, go to meetings, hit practice, leave practice. All right, I'll be home at like 8.30. I got to go study hall or whatever. All right, we on the game. That was that. So that was my dog for real. Um, my boy KJ Brent. Man, it's, a, it's my boy David Williams. It's a lot of guys, man. My guy, Rod Talley. It's funny, all of these guys kind of live in Charlotte now that I'm thinking about it. Everybody I'm naming off. And then um, my Boy Carlton, he's down in um Alabama. He's doing like video stuff for Auburn University now. But those are like my like close knit guys that I that I was with the most then, and that I still like have pretty good contact with now. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah. Shout everybody out. That's what's up. I'm uh, wet. Shout out to the whole gang. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Gang, gang, gang. Yeah, I get yeah. it. <laughs> so do you have any athlete that may have inspired you the most? Um, you know, like, I know you're not probably playing football as much now, but when you were, like, who really inspired you at that point? Um, well, growing up, I always wanted to be a, a running back. Like, I was a bigger guy, so I never actually played running back. I was a fullback in middle school and stuff. And then um, – but I always looked up to Jerome Bettis because he was a bigger – like, a like he was, he was putting on for the big dudes in the league. He was running – he was a running back, but he was obviously not the prototypical running back because he was big. And I know he was like – he used to talk about how he had asthma. I had asthma. I was a little chunky kid growing up. So, uh, Jerome Bettis, for sure. I always looked up to LaDainian Tomlinson. Um, Reggie Bush, for sure, because that was – the Reggie Bush wave was, like, middle school years. So, like, we was all watching him go crazy on everybody. So, like – and growing up, I've always been a USC and USC fan because I think as a kid – I thought that USC was this USC and I was looking at something on ESPN. And then when I found out it was two USC's, I was like, Oh, I'm gonna just rock with both of them. So yeah, Reggie Bush for sure. And then, um, as I got older, Mike Tolbert, just cause he was, a he was a, a NFL guy that was kind of my size, you know, holding down again for the big guys for the fullback. So just kind of watching his game and trying to imitate what I was doing on the college level like him and stuff. So yeah, those are, those are the ones that jump out at me as far as like just NFL, um, like players that I guess I okay okay for just telling me about your collegiate football experience again um i think it's really important for you to know and you know just share that kind of stuff because like i said when i met you i had no clue you know i was just like oh he holding up the wall he kind of looks strong but you know there's a reason behind that so thank you for just giving me a little bit of insight for that um but i did just want to kind of get back to the art a little bit i told you when i initially like saw your profile on social media i was like oh he does art and I scrolled, I was like, oh, no, he does art art, you know? I was like, wow, he really nice with it. So, you know, again, I know you said you studied it a little bit in college, and that's just kind of where the degree came in. So tell me about how that is for you now, like post-college as an adult. How does that, how does that work for you? I mean, I got it. <laughs> I don't, I mean, this is an art degree. I guess if I, the part that would benefit me now is, if I wanted to go into teaching, um, cause I have my cognitive art education, I would just obviously get my cert and then, you know, go into teaching. I did, uh, I did subbing for a year when I moved back from school, ended up being basically a permanent sub at my old high school in Rock Hill. But, and that was cool. I did, I did a pretty solid job. They actually, um, they, they offered me a job to come on and teach art when I finished up, but I was just, um, teaching is one of those things. It's like, if you, if you don't have that in your heart to do that every day, then it's just not, it's not, you, I'm not going to half-ass it. You know what I mean? I never, I always said, even when I was like studying in college, like getting my um, cognizance stuff with the art education, I said, I never wanted to be a teacher that just shows up to get a check. Cause one, you clearly not fully passionate about it. If you don't have that desire to be there every day. And then two, you cheating the kids and that's who it's about in the end. So I was like, I never want to be that type of teacher. So I just, I, and it's funny, like I've had a few teaching opportunities come at me and it's just, I keep turning them down just cause I know that's not where my heart is. But um, I guess that's the biggest way my degree and stuff will help me right now. I mean, I obviously still have um, all my graphic design stuff that I learned and that I've been doing for years. Like I don't have the actual graphic design degree, but I still do like some freelance, like logo work and stuff like that. So, I still have a portfolio that I'm building if I ever wanted to like get into a graphic design job. So those are probably the biggest ways that 
I guess the the college part of it is like playing into the stuff I do now. I completely agree. Um, you know, sometimes it's not for everybody, you know, going to go to school for it and get a piece of paper that says, hey, you're qualified enough to do this. Sometimes it's just will versus skill. So if you got the skill and you're willing to learn it, then you can be popping too. And I think that that's just really important to make sure people are aware of because sometimes we we're put in this bubble or we have this feeling like I need to do this. Um, mm. This is the correct way to to do this or this is the right quote unquote way to go about doing something and sometimes it's not all about that so do you mind just kind of sharing with me how you market yourself now because like you said you're not teaching um mm -hmm. you're doing you know freelance work so I, would you mind sharing about that a little bit i mean i'm out here i'm out here being out here i guess that's the best way to put it uh i mean you follow me on instagram which is funny for as much as I share, I don't really share anything, but you know, I've done, I've done a couple of murals. I've done, um, I got some stuff up in the mall. I got stickers that, you know, I got slapped around the city, different stuff like that. But the biggest thing is just social media, you know, just getting my work out there, being consistent. Like I tell people all the time, like with anything you're trying to do, if you're trying to get something out there, consistency is going to be the biggest thing. Cause you know, if people see you, then they're going to tap in. Like if, you don't like post anytime. I mean, unless you just that popping where it's like, okay, you got X amount of thousand followers and you know, your fan base is just going to be there. But like, if you are just trying to build yourself up, then consistency is key. Even when I'm not posting art, I'm going to give some type of content. I'm going to be on my story playing some music. I'm going to um, hop on IG live and maybe do some, some work on IG live. I'm going to, I'm going to give you something. You're going to see me. Like if I, if I want to like, if you really like want to market yourself, you're going to, you're going to find a way to be visible. So that's, that's the biggest thing, you know, just, uh, and just honestly, you're just getting out and meeting people. You can't, you can't beat that. Like, honestly, you see like how, when we met, I didn't talk about artist stuff and I rarely do like, unless it's, it comes up in a conversation. I'm never just like the person to just be like, Oh, I do art or, Oh, I play football. Like I just, I just meet people, chop it up with you. Like if, if you rock with me, you're going to find out eventually. That's how I look at it. Like, I don't need to throw that out in the forefront. So, yeah, that's the that's the biggest thing, just getting out and meeting people, interacting with people, and then, you know, the rest will follow, so. For sure, for sure. I think that's, you know, really key in how you operate. And I think that also displays humbleness, too, about you, because you're not out here, like you said, oh, I do art, oh, I do, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with promoting yourself, oh, yeah, but that method of what you utilize, I think, is what makes you unique, you know? I was say, there's a time for place, there's a time and place for it, like, tell people all the time, like, you know, on tour, I seen the dude last week, he was like, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I keep spamming this, this painting, or I'm like, nah, bro, promote your shit, that's, you got to be your, your number one fan. Like, that's how you get your stuff out there. Like, don't feel bad for promoting whatever it is you got going because the next person don't feel bad when they promote nation. So just, you know, hey, do what you got to do. Hell yeah, I agree with that too. So now this is another thing that I wanted to uh, give a little bit of insight to you on. So I went to a performing um, in visual arts middle and high school here in Charlotte. So um, I went to Northwest School of the Arts and okay. I, I studied theater while I was there. Now, um, I knew that there were people who were going to definitely um, do visual art and do that full time after they finished school. And they like, you know, like we just talked about, they didn't go the collegiate route on finishing up and pursuing their dreams on studying art. So mm -hmm. I'm just asking for myself, like for you, how do you kind of like break down that myth of being like a quote unquote starving artist? Because, you know, people put that stigma again. Oh, you just selling your art. You just living off of love alone and Jesus. And you just you go, you, you're eating noodles and, you know, not, not feeding yourself. I literally just tweeted about this yesterday. Like I, and I'm going to just tell you what I said on Twitter yesterday. I, Cause I, and I see, and the thing is what made me tweet this is I see a lot of artists that are starving artists because they choose to be like, they don't have to be, but that's the route they're choosing to go because you got people who glorify and perpetuate it and make it look like it's like, that's the way you have to go for you to be successful. 
And I hate that shit because kids see that and kids think, oh, well, I got to hit rock bottom with this for me to be successful. And that's not true. Like I literally said it, you only starving because you choose to. The food is there the whole time. You just choosing not to eat. Like there, there is a market, literally, there is a market for everything. If you find what you want to do and you say, hey, I want to sell whatever type of art this is, there's a market for it. Are you willing to put in the work to make sure you're selling enough to live off of? Because some people have all the tools and all the talent to do it. They're just lazy. That's Honestly, that's what it comes down to. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people who, due to their circumstances, yeah, they, they may be starving artists, but if you ask them, they're they going to tell you they don't, they they don't want to be there. That's just like how people glamorize being in the hood. Ask anybody in the hood if they want to be there. They might love their hood and be proud to be from there, but ask them if they want to be there. No, they want to be in a better situation. So that's how I look at that. Like, and it's just like, you got you to gotta do whatever you got to do until you get to a point where you can live sustainable, sustainably off just your art. Like, I have a nine to five. I work for a paint company, which is crazy because paint paint, but I coach track in the spring, summertime. So I do that. But like, I still, if you care enough about what it is that you're trying to like, say I do art, if you care enough about it, yeah, you might be tired when you come home from work and then go coach your track kids and then come on, you're still going to paint just because that's what you love to do. And if that's your ultimate end goal to make that how you um, sustain your living, then you're not going to complain. You're going to do what you got to do to make it happen. I mean, and that's just, you ain't got to be starving. That's, that's at the end of the day. You can, you can have a nine to five and then come home from six to 10 and work on what you're trying to do to make sure you get out of that nine to five. Sure can. I appreciate you just giving that insight too. Um, just because, as I mentioned, it's that whole idea of if I'm not living like that, I'm really not like that. And it's some, and it's not about that. It's about really like being realistic. Like I said, I went to school for theater. When I graduated college, I was like, um, I definitely gotta find something that's gonna pay for everything that I owe and what's gonna take care of me as a real person. And. Mm-hmm. I get, I got back to that creative side. I'm here right now. <laughs> um, I'm making that work for me now, you know? And so thank you for just kind of giving that insight. I really want to know what your take on that was, because it's just really important to hear the opposite of what everybody thinks up top in their head, because it's not about that. thank you again just telling me like again the insight of uh what art is to you and what it means to you i know that there's a little bit more you uh can share with me um only primarily because like you said you've you you've got work in the malls you know worked on a couple murals but there's there's one mural in particular that that everybody's been looking at for a little bit of time now so I gotta know, like, what it feel like the man to be in the Black Lives Matter mural downtown? Like, that's a vibe. <laughs> it was, uh, it was cool for sure. For sure, it was, it was cool as hell. Just because that's like that's history at the end of the day. And then just like being from the area, like I always tell people, I'm from Rock Hill, but I'm from Charlotte too. Because like my dad lived up here, my mom lived in Rock Hill, so you know I would be back and forth. My mom's worked up here my whole life, so I got family up here. I've been in Charlotte, so like. Like, I'm from both, so it's like just being from the area, just like, that was cool to be a part of because I ain't never seen nothing like that here before. So to, for them to have me be a part of that, something that's going to be here for a little minute, I mean, <laughs> like, words can't really express. That's, it was just, it was a dope experience all in all, like meeting all the artists and stuff, the different artists, and just, just being a part of that. And it was, yeah, it was a good, it was a good experience. That's crazy. I mean... I'm from the city, and like you said, it's I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anybody sit there and really, like, take the time. And not only take the time, but, like, make some executive planning. 
Mm-hmm. Like that, that was official. So tell me a little bit about how like you were approached on it so you could get started. And then, and then I need to know what your letter was because okay. you know, everybody had a letter. So what was your letter? <laughs> so, um, as far as me getting brought onto it, like the people who organized it was uh, this local company, Brand Mock, and then a local studio, uh, Black Market. They came together and put the whole thing together and, you know, got all the approval from the city and stuff. So they, um, Dammit Wesley, who did the B on the uh, mural, he called me that Sunday at like 2 p.m. Like, hey, like, if you know him, he's a big person. Like, hey, nigga, we doing a mural. Like a Black Lives Matter mural is going to be on the street. You want in. I didn't know it was going to be that big, and I didn't know it was going to be South Tryon in the middle or Tryon Street in the middle of Uptown. But I was just like, man, shoot, whatever. Yeah, I'm down. Like, why not? And then um, just because it's like, man, that's history. You can't turn down an opportunity like that. So I was like, yeah, man, I'm with it. And then he was like, all right, cool. I'm going to hit you a little bit later with some details. They hit us later. Like I said, that was 2.30 on Sunday. By like 5 o'clock, they was like, all right, each artist, you're assigned this letter. Come up with a design. Have it to us by 2 p.m. on Monday. So, you know, I came up with my little design or whatever, sent it to them. They got it approved, and we were painting Tuesday morning. That's how fast it happened. Wow. Yeah, like 48 hours. That's how quick it, that's how quick it was. Boom, 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 boom. That's yeah. what I call a boss, though. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, they, they made, they made, yeah, I don't know how they did it but they did it and i mean yeah yeah i mean i yeah they made that shit happen though so are you gonna tell us what letter you were um, <laughs> or not um i was the k i did the deadpool oh word and um i'm gonna break it down for you i know so many people i the whole like first week i was going back and forth with thumb thugs because they didn't get they thought i just did that just do it but it's actually it's real multi-layered and like a big ass metaphor so all right you ready because we about to dive in like it's let's dive to... in all right. All right, so for starters deadpool himself is like the i guess uh, anti-hero he's that that he's not the one that's like the typical rest of the the hero group of marvel or whatever he's the radical one that was spoken when you know he'd be cussing breaking the fourth wall breaks and all that good stuff so when you think of that that's that's our generation right now we i mean excuse the language we really don't give a fuck we're gonna do what we got to do to be heard and make whatever changes we need made made like we like if we want to see something happen you see we get out here we protest we doing whatever like our generation has been on it like we've been doing all that we can within our power and all those different things to just see these certain changes happen and like just being radical as a as a, a whole generation. So it's, that's one metaphor. The um second metaphor, it was kind of like a little Easter egg when we painted the mural. It was um June 9th, if I'm not mistaken. So June was Pride Month. And if you read the comic books, Deadpool is pansexual, if I'm not mistaken. So that was like a little Easter egg because I know me personally, I got a bunch of friends that are gay, I got family members that are gay. So like the LGBT community they're just as much a part of the whole black lives matter movement as anybody else because you know you got black trans women being killed different stuff like that so i felt like that was a cool way to kind of represent them if like, i mean most people weren't hit to the fact that deadpool was pansexual because you know if you don't read the comments you're not gonna know that but when people find out and then you know you get the oh i didn't know that it was that was just like a cool way to kind of educate people at the same time and then um the the last metaphor is just like if you've ever seen deadpool like without his mask it's all scarred up burnt up just beat the shit that's a metaphor for us as black people we you know we we go home we watch our people get killed on the internet it gets retweeted and reposted all over the place we deal with racism in the workplace we deal with racism in the grocery store you deal with all this different shit and we got to carry that and we wear a mask every day because you know you still got to go to work and make money and pay these bills and stuff and that's the metaphor of Deadpool as a whole that, that ties the whole thing together it's like no matter 
what we go through and what we deal with on a daily basis, us as black people, we still manage to put on a fucking mask and pull that shit together. And, you know, we, we laugh, we joke, we do whatever we got to do to get through the day. And if you look at Deadpool, he's the, I mean, he is, he's the funny one out of the whole little squad. So yeah, that was the, that's the whole piece all together right there. You're getting the whole pot of the, the mixture of the whole thing. So yeah, that's how I came up with that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you again for sharing. That was very important to just Maybe. get a little bit of info on that because I knew you were the K, but everybody might not know you the K. It's still people no. that are finding out. All right, it's, that's the funny part. I still get people that find out like, yo, you that was that was you. That's you. I'm like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> it's, it's just funny. And then you know, like for a while I was I was kind of getting tired of explaining it just because like you had more people that were more people looking to go viral and make jokes than actual actually asking a question and finding out the reasoning behind behind why I made what I made. But you know, after a while, it's like you know, it's fuck all of them. The people who care are gonna ask you, and those are the ones that matter. So, yeah, like you said earlier, the thumb thugs—they just looking to go viral, and you don't want to waste your energy on explaining yourself exactly. to a brick, brick wall. Yeah, it ain't that- energy. So, so important. So I know that you mentioned it was Damn It Wesley and, you know, a list of other artists that did that. So did you know a lot of these uh, artists before you got started? Like, or did this help you to, to, you know, talk and interact with them later? I'm trying to, out of this, I think it's 17 us or something like that. Um, I knew, let's see, I knew Wesley, I knew Dakota, I knew Zach and Ty, I knew... Um, John, I knew Kyle, I knew Zach. So out of like the 17, I knew like seven or eight of the people out there. But since then, I've gotten real tight with all of the people that worked on it. You know, some of us still collab on stuff today. And just, you know, I still talk. I talk to all of them regularly now. So, but yeah, it, it definitely, the ones I didn't know, it definitely, you know, brought us closer. And even the ones I didn't know, it brought us even closer than I already was with some of them so yeah it was it was definitely dope from that aspect too that's what's up like you said earlier in the episode networking and interaction is your form of marketing because like you said you don't have to do more than your fair share to get your point across and get your dream out there it's law of attraction path of least resistance you know it's all of that that nature of as simple as a phone call and 48 hours later you 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 big paint can't poppy <laughs> <laughs> so um i know you said that you had your own full creative control so mm-hmm. everybody else had their own full creative control um what do you think about the other aspects that everybody else put into the mural like i think you know, your work is sitting beside them. What did you think about what was going on with their stuff? Too? Oh, yeah. All the, oh, you mean just like the other artists in general? Mm-hmm. Oh, all the concepts are dope. Was, I mean, like, we had a, a, a solid cast of artists, even the people who weren't actually painting that just like, we had a bunch of local mirrorless just from the area coming out, helping like people with different parts, their letter and stuff. So it was just a dope ass community thing. But everybody, every artist, um, letter reflected what they like to do as an artist so that was just cool to see like each artist bring their own individual style to the overall meaning you know so yeah that was just dope to see just because like to get 17 artists all on one accord and there not be like no like drama or nothing just everybody just come just like yeah you know just off the strength like yeah let's just do this you know that that's dope you don't see stuff like that too often in the middle of COVID-19 for for us to come together and yeah, yeah, and not to mention we in a whole pandemic. It's yeah, that was that's still crazy. Just to think that we pulled that off, and well, in like right now, so for sure, the movement is not dead. It so not, it's not dead. We know we're near done at all. Stronger than ever, if anything. Okay, like that thing went viral. People was like, "Oh no!" Everybody else, like honestly. Again, I'm from the city, so I can say this. I feel like we put everybody else on. Like everybody else started doing it after. Yeah, yeah. No, we definitely, we definitely, because I think the first one was in DC, 
And then, you know, we did our little spin on it. So it was even cool to just kind of, from that standpoint, not even on the like, oh, you know, we did it first, I think, just to see us kind of be that first ripple to, to, to get all these other cities, you know, to start doing their own different creative styles. Like, that's just beautiful to see that, that little old Charlotte can spark something like that. <laughs> Ooh, a trailblazer, for sure. Uh, we definitely lit that way because I know a lot of other cities and a lot of other states started to to definitely, like you said, put their own little spin on it. So mm-hmm. it's definitely, um, it was popping. It was hot. Still hot here. Um, people still going down there. I know technically, like, you can't drive down there, but you definitely yeah, have uh, pedestrian. Pedestrian plaza, yeah. Yeah. And I, they actually just put out today that they're going to keep it closed a little bit longer. So that's what's up. We're going to see what they end up doing with it in the end. Yeah, I hope they don't touch it, me personally. Well, the mural itself, whether or not they open the street up, just because the ceiling we use, it'll be there for the next, like, I think three to five years, something like that. That's just like, yeah, that's going to hold up. The city's just debating on whether or not they want to, like, keep that block closed off. It's just like a pedestrian plaza. So we're going to see what they end up doing with that. But the mural ain't going nowhere. It'll, It'll be there for some time, so. I know that's that's right. POP, hold it down. <laughs> so tell me some things about what you've learned since the movement. I mean, I mean, we were dealing with COVID. Then we had George, you know, George Floyd, and it's just been. I mean, the the biggest things I've learned is just it's cool to see how much support there is behind it. I mean, I learned something. I guess I ain't really learned this. We knew it before. People miserable as hell because you saw a dude tried to, like, mess up the mural and we went back out there and fixed it and stuff. Just people, all the different people who don't support it and stuff. It is, you learn that. People just truly are miserable. Like, like you mad. At, like, what are you really mad at? Like, but outside of that, man, just, I guess the biggest thing I've learned is, like, community that's like the biggest part of all of this like having people in your corner that's that's gonna stand with you and support you that's the that's that's gonna take us as far as we want to go like if we have a strong community rocking behind us and what you're trying to do i mean the sky's the limit just like even with us just painting the mural just the community of just Charlotte, just all the support that like once it kind of got out what we were doing, like it hit the news outlets and people started just like pulling up, you know, we had people calling from their jobs, like, like not even near uptown. Like I came, I didn't use my phone that whole day. So I came back home and I, when I finally got to check some of my DMs and stuff, I had people like, Hey, yo, if you need anything, just let us know. Oh, my job. We, we sent 10 pizzas out there to y'all and like stuff like you didn't, pick up on why you paint because you know I'm I'm in the zone but you think about like, oh yeah it was random people walking around just handing out pieces and then you find out like you know we love what you're doing man we just we had some pieces we just told them just pull up and just hand them out you know people coming out there with water and just different stuff just trying to help any way that they could and then it was even bigger the second time around like after dude tried to mess it up when we came out there that Sunday because now instead of it being like a, a element of surprise thing everybody knows about it. So it was like a whole thing, you know, people out there with their kids, you know, it was just a whole vibe. So just this, that sense of community, it, um, it, it really showed us how many people are actually rocking with the movement that's going on. And that was dope to see. For sure. For sure. For sure. That's awesome too. Like you said, the family aspect of it. Exactly. You know, once, once the, the babies and the mamas and the daddies out there, they're seeing it. That's, that's the moment for them. And yeah, you you were a part of that moment. Yeah, you and you you don't forget those those the people that come up and just like people come up and thank you like oh I love what y'all are doing I really appreciate this like old people young people you got kids that are coming out there and just like you know it's just stuff you won't ever forget those memories like I've met some people and stuff through this whole thing that just like I'll I'll cherish those like memories and stuff for a lifetime so for sure. So now that you're considered an activist, what are some ways that you're doing um, to stay involved into the community and stuff like that? Keeping um, keeping the movement going. Saying the names is the biggest thing, you know, keeping that out in the forefront. We're, we're losing people daily and we don't, we want to make sure, we want to make sure there's not a day that goes by that we 
that we don't think about these people and that we're not fighting for justice. For example, Breonna Taylor, that's like the biggest one right now. You know, we're still out here pushing and trying to get justice for her. But, you know, that's one. Um, the biggest thing right now is vote. Like, obviously, I'm not going to tell nobody who to vote for, but just, you got the right vote. I mean, we got, what, a month left until? It's, yeah, it's officially October now, so we got like a month left. Like, you're not registered. Do what you got to do. That's like, but I guess that is the biggest thing right now. Just like, you know, encouraging people to vote because a lot of people in our community feel like their vote doesn't mean anything or, you know, you got friends. I know I personally, I might, I got some friends that are like felons that think they can't vote, but actually can. It's just, you know, it's just educating people really about the whole voting system and, you know, trying to uh, encourage people to get out and do that. So that's the biggest thing right now as far as like, I guess, activism, you know. Yeah. That's what's up. Trying to do trying to do a little something something out here. Just a little <laughs> I'm just a little old me, but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to stretch and do what I can, you know what I'm saying? So who named you Pet Can Poppy? I, I need to know that too. I you know what? I I got a homegirl, um Kiara Lindsay. We was we was joking one day I was texting her and we was joking or something and I said something funny. I was like I think I said it just being silly, like, oh, I'm about to change my Twitter name to Paint Can Poppy. And then she was like, oh, that's kind of, that kind of flow, it roll off the tongue. Like, she was like, yeah, do that. I was like, I, and then I literally, the post is still up on my Instagram when I first, like, said it. And I ain't looked back since. I just changed it. Paint Can Poppy, it's just there. It's, and here we are, however many years later, I think it's been like, three, four years since I first said that. And now it's like a whole thing. I got shirts coming. I got stickers and stuff out. You know, people legit will say that. Like, that is the funniest shit to me. I'll be somewhere and somebody be like, Pink and Poppy. And I'm just like, wow, you a grown ass man. And you just said that out loud. But I fuck with you. Though. <laughs> I fuck with you because you know, you know, you know what's up. But it's just funny to hear it out loud, like from other people. I'm like, okay, Pink and Poppy. And it's just like, but hey. That means I'm doing something right if people, you know, like if people rocking with it like that. So, for sure, for sure. Marketing, right? <laughs> Marketing is the paint can poppy. <laughs> well, people are also mistaking you a little bit too for somebody else around here too. They saying you got the twin. Oh yeah, the... yeah. No, everybody, yo. He had somebody. He said he legit had somebody come up to him and hold like a five minute conversation with him in the gas station thinking he did the K. And then he was like, oh, oh, no, no, I didn't do the K. That's my man Garrison. He, he's like, oh, well, you know, y'all both kind of, uh, beer and stuff. And it's crazy because I didn't, I never thought about it, but then I actually looked at him and I was like, dang, bro, we do kind of look like we got beard, nose ring, hat, glasses sometimes. I was like, I can see how they mix this up. And then I had to do it a couple weeks ago come up to he's like oh yeah congratulations on the duffel bag joints you i saw they sold out i was like it's not me bro that's frankie so, like, <laughs> so it's like people re really like dead ass be mixing us up and it's funny because it's like it hasn't stopped like it keeps happening so i mean what are you gonna do i mean y'all do y'all do favor i mean y'all both do the art you know frankie's out here too doesn't he do like some music or something too so it's just like no, he, well he he plays like some instruments but he paints pianos a lot so that's probably oh yeah he, yeah he, yeah he'll he paint well he paint he'll paint anything but yeah he a lot of uh, paint, um, uh he different objects of, yeah he paints a lot of pianos so that's probably what you're thinking of oh well yeah shout out shout out to frankie a a okay, yeah, that, that's uh yeah. that, how they say it that's twin them that's twin them <laughs> Twin them. <laughs> Thirsty, huh? <laughs> that, was, that was a water cough, not a, not a COVID cough. <laughs> well, gotta drop the disclaimer. <laughs> gotta drop the disclaimer nowadays. People, you let a, let a little... <laughs> I'm good, I promise. Like You gotta explain yourself. <laughs> exactly. Dang. Can't even cough no more. Yeah, Every, everything you have to. Yeah, you have to. Oh no, it's not COVID. I got, I got allergies. Oh, it's not COVID. <laughs> I'm actually crying. 
<laughs> These are real tears. <laughs> well, Garrison, thank you again so much for just joining me this evening. I really do appreciate you for just spreading the good word, sharing all the tea for me. I needed to hear all of that. And I'm pretty sure, yeah, all of that. So I'm pretty sure that there are some little boys and girls out there who want to be the next Garrison, aka Paint Cam Poppy or Paint Cam Mommy. <laughs> so do, do, do you have any words of encouragement for anybody out there that, that you know, that look like us? Shit. Stay black and enjoy this shit. And for my artist people, Stay consistent. Keep doing what you do. Don't let nobody tell you different. It's your craft at the end of the day. You're going to go as far as you want to take it. So keep shaking and moving. That's right. Thank you so much, Garrison. Do you want to give out your handles one last time so everybody uh -huh. know where to follow you and where to see your work at? Yeah. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, both um, two Gs and counting. I'm sure it'll be in a description somewhere so you can know how to spell it. I'm not about to spell it all out because you're going to be like, oh, no, he didn't. Or you can type in paint can poppy. It should pop up if you just type in paint can poppy. So yeah, it's uh it's your boy. Come come check out some art, buy some art, you know, chop it up with me. I, I respond to DMs. Like I ain't one of those that oh I'm too cool to respond. Nah, I, I hit people back. So holla at your boy. <laughs> holla at your boy Garrison. Thank you again. <laughs> All right, everybody, that is uh, concluding our episode for this evening. Again, I just want to thank you all for the good vibes. And one last time, peace and blessings. We out. Don't forget to follow The Black Vibrations on IG and Twitter at TBV underscore pod. Also, check out that website at TheBlackVibrations.com. <laughs> <laughs>